We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. I'm so excited for tonight's podcast episode featuring Camille Richardson. So Camille faced the challenge of being blind from birth, but it never deterred her from accomplishing her goals and living a fulfilling and rich life. Camille grew up with the mentality of, I can do anything. And this is the mindset that she passes on to her clients who have recently become blind and who come to her for help on navigating their way around their newfound reality particularly the digital world, and using their phones to connect with their external environment. I can't wait for you to hear Camille's story of what it was like for her growing up blind in a world where most people could see, how she dealt with the challenges that came her way, the messages she wants people to hear, and be inspired by her story. I asked her questions that we all want to ask, we all want to know, and Camille was so gracious and patient and answered all of my questions so graciously and thoroughly. I learned a lot from Camille and the perception of living life from someone who has been blind since birth, and I can't wait for you to hear her story, learn a lot, and be inspired. I am totally blind from birth, so as a child, um, I was extremely, extremely inquisitive. I was curious about the world around me, and I had such a vivid imagination. Um, reason being is because when you are in a world without sight, you're going off of what you hear. So my imagination, like I said, it was crazy vivid. Like before I knew, you know, like, okay, classic example, when I heard, I didn't, when I heard birds chirping, I would ask my mother, what does that sound? And she would tell me, oh, those are birds. I'm like, oh, wow. Because I thought they were just squeaky toys in the <laughs> air. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really serious. I was like, oh, they, they sound like squeaky toys. Oh, birds. Okay, what are those? Those, you know what I'm saying? So I, I had to be taught like the concept of what things were, you know? Um, so yeah, I was extremely inquisitive and curious and extremely bright, of course. Um, and that was, again, thanks to my mother, um, even starting out as a baby. She began to teach me all about the world around me. So yeah, that was Camille as a child. There was, I was always asking questions and I'm thankful for a mother who never got tired of me asking questions and who was always there to just, uh, just feel that thirst for knowledge that I had. Wow, that sounds awesome. So were, did you have any siblings or were you the only child? Actually, no, I have a sister and a brother and um, they played an integral role in me growing up as well. Um, my sister and I are very, very, very close. We're only 10 months apart. So we're very close in age, but we're also very close uh, with each other. And, um, you know, they played with me just like I was a regular child, quote unquote, because, you know, when, when you're growing up, children, they don't really notice 
difference until a lot of times they're it's pointed out to them. And because they're my siblings, it's like, oh yeah, Mill can't see, but Mill can still play. She's fun. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? We, my sister and I, you know, we played all kinds of games together. We made up games to play together. Um, if there was, they adapted things so that I could play along with them. Um, you know, if there was like, you know, for example, if we were playing, you know, if we were playing something like, I don't know, basketball. Well, they created, you know, I became the the human hoop using Nerf balls, of course. So I would be able to participate because I would hold out my arms and that was the hoop you had to shoot the Nerf ball through. Uh. So that, you know, that was the way for me to be able to participate in the games. So yeah, everything was always adapted for me and my family with my siblings. It was lots of fun growing up. <laughs> I love that. That's so sweet, you know? Uh-huh. It was, it was awesome. I mean, I never thought of myself as different because they did not treat me as such. Wow. Wow. So I know you, you've never like experienced anything different, but could you like tell me more about what it was like growing up blind? Like let's say going to school, learning to read. I'm sure. So going to school, um, Again, I started learning to read Braille at a very, very young age. Um, you know, when everybody else, you know, I don't particularly remember what age it was I started learning how to use Braille, but I'm assuming it's when everybody else starts learning their shapes and colors and numbers and such like in different letters. So, uh, you know, probably mm-hmm. preschool age, they started introducing me to the concept of Braille. And I remember specifically doing like these little exercises with my hands to get my fingers strong enough to be able to read And, um, so, you know, we started there and, um, you know, I pretty much learned how to read in kindergarten, just as, um, sighted children learn how to read their letters and numbers and print. I learned how to read it in Braille, um, going to school. I honestly, thankfully was, did not experience bullying. I'm very, very, very thankful for that. Everybody, especially in elementary school, used to want to be my helper for the day. Um, <laughs> and um, but I, I did start to notice probably around about the third or fourth grade that I was a little different. You know, um, I started asking questions like, well, why can't I bring home regular print books? Why do I have to use Braille? Um, why do I have to go to a different classroom for certain periods of the day? You know, you, you start to notice the difference. And for a little while, it made me a little sad. And, you know, the, you know, you all have, you know, you had those human periods of just wanting to be quote unquote normal, whatever that is. But it didn't last very long throughout elementary school. I kind of bounced back and um, going through, you know, middle and high school, of course, there's always teenage angst. But then, you know, add on top of that being blind. Um, you know, there were times where I went through again, that whole teenage thing of just wanting to fit in, wanting to be like my peers, but I didn't let that stop me because I still participated in extracurricular activities. I was in, like, sang in the chorus. I ran track very briefly. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. You know, and it was all because of my mother encouraging me and pushing me to do all these things. I love to sing anyway. So I've been singing in chorus ever since elementary school but going through high school I did all of that like you know I did all county chorus and such so you know I had a fairly regular um high school experience wow so how did you run track if you couldn't see where you're going um we have what they called guide runners and that's still you know from just the high school track team to even you know olympians if they're blind they have people who run with you and 
that's how that's done. They are your eyes. So that's how I did that. I wasn't, now I can't say I was the best at it, but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love it how you're, you were really able to do everything else that anyone could do. You know, people don't realize these things and it's so important to understand that just because someone, you know, might be, I guess, I don't know how to say it. Like, um, because mis- someone might have a disability, they yeah. mislabel, you know what I mean? They think because you're blind, you sit around in a world of darkness um, you know, feeling sad and lonely. It's not that at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So I have some more questions about this sort of thing. So like, yeah. how do you understand like colors and stuff like that? Is there a way that you could comprehend that? Oh, that is such a good question. You asked me because for me, again, having never seen colors, I do have a favorite color. It's purple. It's fabulous. It's fun. <laughs> There's so many shades. Nothing rhymes with purple. It is a symbol of royalty. I chose that color when I was about three years old because, again, for me, it was just a concept. Purple sounded fun. It, it just sounded like to me, it's just a fun color. And I just loved it. I don't know. Red sounded all right. But I associate colors, I guess, with again, different concepts. So if I think of red, you know, I I think of things such as, you know, like fire, like really bright, you know, vivid red, or you have your burgundies that are sort of a little darker and probably a bit more muted. Am I right about that? I think I'm right. Yeah. And then also, you know, you have your wine, you know, I associate it with wine and blue. I think of either the sky or I think of like an ice blue or a navy blue. So, you know, in gray, well, now I know there's different shades of gray, but I used to think of a very blah day. Like I think of a cloudy day, but now you'd have, you have charcoal gray and such. So I associate colors with um, concepts and I, I, it's, it's, I try to explain it as best I can that way because then people are like, well, how do you know what the sky looks like? And how do you, but it's just, I don't know. I just have a picture in my mind if the, the sky can be a, a vivid royal blue, you know? So yeah, that's so cool because obviously you're totally right on with all your descriptions. So how did you come to learn this? Did people tell you and then you just like kind of associated everything with like with the kind of like the energy of the colors? Um. Well, yes, that's a good way to describe it. Because I mean, you know, sometimes I would ask like, what exactly is orange? You know what I mean? (laughs) And people would try to, it's funny to hear people try to describe colors because, you know, y'all just see them. So you're just like, that's orange. And I'm like, so what exactly is orange? Well, you know, like an orange. I'm like, okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? So um, it's just very interesting, like you said. And so the best descriptor would probably be my mother. So, you know, again, she taught me everything I know about this sighted world when I was really, really young. So again, she satisfied my curiosity every time I would ask her a question. So if I would ask about the sky, she would describe the clouds in it and say they're like fluffy white cotton balls. So I always imagined if I touched the sky, I would be touching nice cotton balls. And then if I thought about like storm clouds, I would think like an angry, kind of like a wool feeling kind of cloud. You know what I mean? So again, I had a very vivid imagination and I still do. So that is kind of how I get my concept of what colors are. And then I just took it from there. Wow. That's awesome. So your mom, first of all, just sounds like a really amazing mother. She is. She's absolutely amazing. 
<laughs> so you know how when people who who could see when we close our eyes sometimes we see colors so even though we're not seeing anything else do you ever experience that or you just see black I just no, actually I do not see black see and that's another thing I, I'm glad you asked me that there are different variations of even blindness there first of all there's so many different variants of visual impaired you have people who might have some who might have very good vision but they're their field of vision is not good, or they might be able to see, um, you know, something very far away, but then you put a piece of paper in front of them, they can't see that. So there's so many varying degrees of visual impairment. And there's also varying degrees of blindness. Now I have what they call light perception, which means I can see light and dark. So I can see if someone turns on a light, I'm like, hey, who turned on a light? (laughs) And then I can see if someone turns off the light, like why are we all sitting in here in the dark? Um, So no. There is not only blackness. And what I also discovered, and this is something brand new that even I discovered, that even if someone has their eyes removed and they have prosthetic eyes, there's still a light show that happens in their head because their brain is processing all those images that they no longer see anymore. So they see all kinds of colors and lights and like a a kaleidoscope of different things. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So is there a variation of color of light colors that you see or it's usually one or the other? No, I literally just see light. That is it. Some people see lights and colors and you know whatnot. I see nothing but light. I don't know what color the light is or any of that. Um, and if something passes over the light, I could see the shadow maybe, but it's like something just made the light go dim. That's it. I don't know what it is. I can't make it out or any of that stuff. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the other senses that you have, are they stronger than people who have vision? Well, put it to you like this. I wouldn't say necessarily that they are stronger. I just have to rely on them more because I don't have my eyes. So a lot of times, you know, when you can see, it's like an all-encompassing thing, like your eyes are your ears, your hands, everything else. You know what I mean? Like for me, my ears and my other senses I say my strongest senses are my sense of smell and my sense of hearing. Hmm. And you would think it would be my sense of touch, but it's pretty strong, but I wouldn't classify it up there as the top two. Um, But it literally is because I have to use that to process the environment around me. So if I'm traveling, I I use my ears and I listen to the sound changes. Am I passing by a doorway? The sound changes when you pass by that. Um, you know, is, is it open outside? If it's raining and I have to use an umbrella, it kind of messes me up because it totally changes the sound Mm. of the environment. So, you know, I have to use my ears as my eyes as well. So, you know, I have to pay attention a whole lot more to what's around me. So a lot of times I'll hear something and people are like, wait a minute, I didn't even know that was happening. Um, and it's like, yeah, because, you know, you're looking, you get a lot of your information from being able to see. But sometimes you miss things because, you know, you're not using your other senses. Interesting. Interesting. Do you feel like you get a good feel of people's like vibe and energy? Um, Yes. I always say for me that my intuition is my fifth sense because I can read people like a book before I eat, you know, when they come in, I can just read them. Um, I can tell if, I'm not going to say I can tell if you're good or bad, but I can tell whether I should trust someone or not, probably within the first five minutes of meeting them. 
Mm-hmm. And you know how sometimes you get that little nagging feeling about somebody where your red flags are kind of waving and your guard goes yeah. up a little bit, but you're just kind of like, eh, I'm just going right. to keep my eye on them or whatever. Or you can get a vibe like, oh, that person is totally cool. Like, you know what I mean? I, I can, you know, I can hang out with that person. It served me very, very well, you know, um, because again, not being able to see, I've got to be very aware of who I'm around and whatnot. Now, not every blind person has that. I just happen to have a very strong intuition about people. Well, I'm sure that served you well in terms of friends and your dating life Mm -hmm. and everything. Oh, definitely. It definitely does serve me well. So, you know, that's something I always say that I am very, very grateful for is that I am blessed with a very strong intuition about people and situations and all of that. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's a huge blessing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we met through Facebook, which is obviously like a computer generated system. I don't know how you say it, but and (laughs) or your phone, right? Some sort of technology. So how does that work? Do you, is there like a voice? So what I do is I use a screen reader um, on my iPhone called voiceover, which is built into every Apple product. You just don't know it because you don't have to use it. But for those of us who are blind and visually impaired, there that there are so many great accessibility accessibility features in there. So one of them, like I said, is voiceover, and it reads everything on the screen to me. Um, it, I can navigate social media. I can read my text messages. I can go on the internet. Whatever it is I need to do, I get it done on this phone using voiceover. And I also teach people how to do that as well. Um, people who I specialize in people who recently lost their vision so that they can learn how to do this. But that's one of the things I teach people how to do with my company. Oh, cool. Do you want to tell us about your company? Sure. Um, so I have an assistive technology training company called IC Technology. And I teach people how to, people who are blind and visually impaired, how to use their phone efficiently and effectively so that they can reconnect with their world and also gain independence. That's really and, cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very important um, that we do that because if someone has lost their vision recently, they're already having, having to learn how to navigate a world without sight later on in life after they've been seeing for a long time. But then they have this phone that they cannot use. And our phones are pretty much our lifelines to the world. I mean, it's more than just you know, how many of us actually talk on the phone all the time now? We actually use it for everything, for social media. We use it to get food and groceries now. And we use it to even, you know, exchange money. Yeah. So these phones are very important. So I'm, you know, I'm giving them their life back and their independence so that they don't have to worry about who's going to go to the store for them because now you can use Instacart and shop for yourself or how am I going to get to and from somewhere, you know, independently, I can just now go to my phone and use Uber or Lyft. So it is a very, very important tool. So I teach people how to use their phones. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. so special. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So do you do this through an app or through like, how, like, coaching like how does it work um I I actually do coaching um because you know not only am I working with them on it for me it goes beyond using your phone it's about your mindset because a lot of times again people have come in they they've gone through this life-changing thing of losing their vision so we also got to work on the mindset piece that says hey 
you know, a lot of times, you know, you think your world is over. So while I'm there working with the, the person, I'm teaching them that, you know, you can do this. Cause a lot of people come in like, I don't even know how to turn this phone on or, you know, I just don't think I'm going to get this. So while I'm teaching them how to use their phone, I'm working on their mind and showing them that I don't care what it is. Even if you just sent a text, we're going to celebrate that because you did it yourself independently. So now you were showing that you can do this. So for me, it's all about mindset. We do deep breathing exercises before we get started because I want you to be in the calmest of space so that you can get what you need to know from our sessions together. And I had to pivot a little bit now because of COVID and whatnot. I used to work in person, but now uh, I work over Zoom, which kind of changes it up. That's how I started teaching how to use the different shopping apps and how to use the different um, banking apps. Because, you know, when I'm teaching someone how to use their phone for the first time, there are gestures and things you need to know. And since I'm not there to actually teach them the gestures, by teaching people how to use shopping apps, that means that you probably already know how to use your phone so you can log on to Zoom independently and we can go from there. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's great. And do you work primarily with women, with people who are, I was about to say women, but uh, with people who yeah. are, um, who have been blind from birth or with people who have recently become blind? Well, I work with people who have recently become blind. I will work with people who are blind from birth, of course, because, you know, everybody is not the technology guru. And so, you know, I honor that. But I especially like to work with people who have recently lost their sight because, again, they're navigating a brand new world. And, you know, having to ask someone to come over and check your social media or read your text messages, or even, you know, your phone is ringing, you can't even answer the thing. That's very important. You've got to be able to do all of that. So I, I help them to do that. But I will work with people who are blind from birth as well. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Such a gift to give someone the control over their own life. Exactly. And that's what it is about having control over your own life, because so much of it, they feel is out of their control, which in a way, it's true. I mean, you know, a lot of things you have to give up, but not necessarily. So I'm showing them how to live life in a brand new way. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So growing up, did you know anyone else who was blind? Like, did you have a support system? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I knew several people who were blind. My mom made sure that she found different summer camps for me to participate in. And, you know, of course, when I was in school, they had the VI program, the visual impaired program. So, you know, we had a resource teacher who would teach all of us. So, yeah, I had lots of friends who were blind, but I was actually, you know, well-versed. I had friends who were blind and I also had friends who could see. Mm -hmm. Right. Could you tell me about the most challenging or frustrating aspects of being blind? I would say probably not being, well, not being able to drive was one of the, was the number one thing. Like, you know, not being able to come and go as you please, get somewhere in a time that you'd like to get there. You know, just that idea, again, of having to depend on other people to get you where you need to go can be very, very, very frustrating. But like I said, now we have a solution. We have Uber and we have Lyft. <laughs> so sometimes that can be a little challenging. Um, also, the reason I got into entrepreneurship is because 
finding employment is extremely challenging as someone who is visually impaired. It's not just me, it's the, the visually impaired community. Um, 70% of people who are blind or visually impaired are unemployed. And it's not because of lack of knowledge. A lot of times it's because of, you know, employers are very nervous sometimes about taking the chance on working with people who are blind because it's, you know, the question of how are you going to do your job? How are you, you know, and they, they feel like it's a huge liability. So that could be frustrating, but that's why I became an entrepreneur um, so that I could hire myself and also provide opportunities for other people who are blind and visually impaired. Um, so yeah, that that's another frustrating aspect, or it can be a frustrating aspect of being blind or visually impaired. Right. What would you tell potential employers, you know, to kind of like, to understand and like, you know, kind of like delete that misconception? I would say that there's a whole demographic out here who are ready to join your team who have the skills that are necessary, you just have to give them a chance and let them show you how they do their jobs. Um, and if you have questions or you have concerns, feel free to work with us because we will show you, we will, we will work with you. So that's my piece of advice is, you know, don't be afraid to take a chance because you might be missing out on one of your best employees. For sure. For sure. Cause there's really, besides for driving, I mean, any, anyone who's blind could do pretty much anything that anyone who could see could do. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, I remember when I was in Israel, um, they have a museum that's, I don't know if it's officially called the blind museum, but mm -hmm. it was basically a museum that you go to and they show you what it's like to be blind so it's literally pitch black and the and the tour guides all the tour guides are blind and it was such an incredible experience for that hour and I, we walked around um it was indoors obviously but each exhibit was supposed to be like a different part of the world or like, like a different a, setting a mm -hmm. different setting yeah a different setting mm -hmm. um so there was like water and there was a, it was like a park and there were like just you know a lot of different things building and I remember thinking to myself you know we, we always see people who are you know disabled in in some way or, or another but you never really feel what it's like to be in their position but during that hour and that just that one hour I remember feeling like it was this feeling of like vulnerability that mm -hmm. you really it was almost like you had to learn how to take control over, over what's, what was around you and the environment. And it was like a scary feeling. And I wonder how you, and that was only an hour, you know what I mean? And then, so I just wonder like, how do you overcome that feeling of, you know, helplessness, I guess, um, on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, um, you know, again, because I was born totally blind. I never, you know, I'm not going to say I never thought about it, but for me, you know, every day I get up in the morning, it's a day, you know, that I'm waking up and I don't see anything. So I don't really think about it for me. It's just who I am. Right. So I just live life just day by day. Um, there are times, you know, sometimes where I'm like, you know, if it's dark and I'm coming home, I'm kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that. But it's very rare for me because it's just life, you know? 
I do it. I, I do it without even thinking about fear factor. Like, you know, I'll give you a prime example. So I, I've used Uber and Lyft a lot for examples because it's brand new and that's something that people are really afraid of. They're like, you take Ubers by yourself and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I sure do. I have somewhere I need to go and I'm going to get there whether you come get me or not because now I have a car and I have never had this easy of an access to a car in my life. So if I think about how scary it is to get in a car with a stranger and blah, 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 I'll never go anywhere. So that's how I live life. If I think about every day I'm stepping outside of this door and cannot see anything around me, then I will stay in this house for the rest of my life. So, you know, I just don't, I, I don't factor in the fear. For me, it was scarier to step out on faith and become an entrepreneur than it is for me to live my day-to-day -day life as someone who is blind. And again, I do not negate or diminish those who are blind and do have some fear. Because again, I was born blind. So this is my everyday life. Now, someone who has gone blind later on probably does have that fear. And I, you know, they, matter of fact, I'm not going to say probably, they do, especially as a woman, you feel very vulnerable and alone. And, you know, I've been in different support groups and we've had different discussions about that. And a lot of women wouldn't do what I do, taking Ubers everywhere and just going out and about. But I tell them, do what makes you comfortable at this time. If you don't feel comfortable right now taking an Uber, then take your time. Or maybe just take the Uber from your house to somewhere familiar around the, to the, you know, to somewhere familiar around the corner where you're not in there long. It's all baby steps when you first lose your vision. But somebody, you know, like, you know, for me, I've been doing this my whole entire life. So I, I do it as though I'm just, I'm just living my life. Literally, I, I can't think about how scary it is. Um, I can't think about, you know, I, I just don't think about it. Other people are more afraid for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a healthy attitude to just see the positive and take baby steps when you're, when you're nervous or, you know, afraid. So what else have you done to like get through like the challenging times or the times that you felt the fear? I acknowledge the fear and I feel the fear because it's very real. And then I just go for it. <laughs> I mean, that's what you have to do. Um, you have to just do things afraid sometimes, because if not, again, how will you ever know what's on the other side? Um, again, like I said, another, I'm full of examples. Um, but a, another example is um, I was a massage therapist for a very long time. Um, well, actually, once upon a time, I was in radio, and that was always what I wanted to do with my life as a little girl growing up. That's all I ever wanted to do. That's all I ever talked about and all that stuff. So I did it for a little while. I lost, you know, I, I was not as, I didn't advocate for myself as much as I should have because I was young and, you know, whatnot. So then I decided I'd take the comfortable way out, and I became a massage therapist. But in the back of my mind, I knew that that was not my calling. It was just something I was good at. So while I was doing that, I was still dipping my toe into the pond of entrepreneurship. So I founded another company that called Blind Girl Vision, where I decided to empower people who were like me, who felt like they didn't, you know, who I, I, I empowered them to use their voice. That's what I do. I encourage people to use their voice, no matter their circumstances and find that gift in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But I did this all while still having that security blanket of being a massage therapist. 
and I developed that persona, but that wasn't who I was. So fast forward to um, March of 2020. Well, we all know what happened then. The whole entire world shut down. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, got scary. Now, life as a massage therapist was over for me because the spas may have opened back two months later, but it's COVID. I'm not trying to be in people's faces for hours at a time. I just didn't want to do that. So I decided right then and there, which was very, you know, could be very scary that I was going to just let go of that. And again, step completely out into the space of entrepreneurship. So in doing that also, I decided I had to do one more thing to clip my wings from massage therapy. And I did not renew my massage license. Mm. Yeah, I decided to let it go because I had to draw that hard line in the sand and say, I'm not doing that anymore. I am done. That was a past life and I need to leave it in the past. And I cannot give myself an out and become comfortable in that again, because I did not enjoy massaging. It was okay. I was really good at it, but I didn't enjoy it because I did not feel that I was living my truth. Purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That was not my passion, my purpose. It was just something that was safe. So yeah, that was, I hope I answered your question. I feel like I kind of went all around the mulberry bush, but <laughs> no, you totally answered the question because pretty much what you're saying from my understanding is that mm -hmm. you've taken situations which could potentially have been challenging and created a positive way to pretty much to live out those challenges and to, to turn them around, like, like yes. make creating lemonade out of lemons, right? Yes, 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 definitely. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You, you clearly have such a positive mindset. Did, did you have to work on that at all? Or was it like ingrained? Oh in gosh. Yes. I, I know I had to work on that. I had to work on it. Um, you know, we all have that, you know, imposter syndrome is the big word now, but it's true. Um, sometimes you don't feel like you belong in the spaces that you're in. So you do have to work on mindset. That is very, very, very important. Um, because, you know, you have to be your best self and whatever that is and whatever space that is, you work on that. So no, it took some work for me to get where I am now and I'm still a work in progress. So, you know, it's not over, but I do feel like I am in a much better space now. And the reason why is because I honored my gift. I am now operating in the gift that I was given. I'm not hiding or running from it anymore. And by not renewing my massage license, I said yes to myself, which is something that I challenge all of your listeners to do is step out and say yes to yourself. We say yes to everything else that we don't want to do, but we feel like we have to do it. So say yes to you because you are also important. Yeah. And how did you get to this place? Did you, you know, talk to a coach or go to therapy? Was it yourself? Like, did you just look I love it. <laughs> nope. I, I, you know, I, I am such a proponent of therapy because it's something that we all need. So yes, with therapy, with doing mindset coaching, with doing different self-development courses. I mean, you, you can't be afraid to invest in you because you are, again, the most important person um, in this equation. Um, so you have to be willing to invest in yourself. Right. For sure. For mm -hmm. sure. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. So are there any misconceptions that you want to eliminate regarding um, people who are blind for the rest of the world who can see to, you know, understand? 
Well, very good question you ask. <laughs> um, so what I want to clear up is we are not living in a world of darkness. Um, we are powerful. We are individuals. We are living, we're out here living our best life. So <laughs> don't think for one minute that we just sit around all day feeling sad and lonely. And if that is the case, it will get better. But no, we, we are out here, you know, we are entrepreneurs. We are moms, dads, you know, we, we are people who live our best lives in the best way we know how. Yeah, I love that. And that's so important because people like no first of all no one wants to feel like a pity case like no one and no one and it's all mm -hmm. a, a mindset thing so if you don't feel like one you're not you know what I mean mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. anyone mm -hmm. could be whether you could see or whether you can't see you could still be equally just as oh that's so sad you know what I'm saying because it's right, all in right, your right. mind and someone who mm -hmm. could so I I really I love that you're saying that because I just, it's so important for people to, to understand that you are living your best life. And mm -hmm. just because you can't see doesn't mean that you can't be happy and fulfilled. Exactly. I mean, people say, oh, you know, I tell them I'm blind and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, for what? Because <laughs> 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 oh, there's nothing to be sorry about. Trust me. <laughs> you could be sorry for them that they can't see how someone who's blind could totally be doing fantastic you know uh -huh. Uh -huh. We're, we're good <laughs> yeah you're good <laughs> and that's part of why I wanted to have you on to show everyone that because you're clearly living your best life and anyone can live their best life no matter what obstacles are in your way you know exactly exactly and that's my challenge to people is go out there and use your gifts and say yes to yourself yeah, I love that. So a couple last questions. Um, mm -hmm. First of all, who are your female inspirations or women who you look up to? Oh, that is, oh. So Michelle Obama, because she is just absolutely fabulous. <laughs> I mean, I just love her strength. I love how, I love just how she went in there and created her space when people were saying, no, what, you know, you don't belong. And she said, yes, I do, and showed it. So I, I really, that's that's my shiro right there. Um, <laughs> she is like number one. Um, and also to me, any woman who is out here just, you know, shattering glass ceilings and really, you know, out here kicking butt and taking names and showing that, showing up in this world as their best selves, those are the kind of women that inspire me. Yes, I love that. Absolutely. Okay, now this is the question that I ask everyone. What is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? I would say feeling less than and not equal. I really hope that there will be a day where we all feel like we can be who, what, and you know who and what we want to be um without question without consequence so I do hope they don't have to struggle with who they are yeah yeah mm -hmm. 
That's fantastic. And I hope so too. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Well, you can, I'm always doing a Facebook live, so you can always find me at there, Camille Richardson, K-A-M-I-L-L-E on Facebook. Um, I'm just now figuring out how to use Instagram. I don't have that. Well, I don't have any pictures at all up there quite yet, but I am working on it, but it is Camille Aaliyah, K-A-M-I-L-L-E, Aaliyah. And if you have any uh, requests or if you'd like to book me for a consultation for my assistive technology training services, it is ictechnology06 at gmail.com. And C is like the word C that you do with your eyes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me tonight, Camille. I really appreciate you sharing your story and how you empower yourself and other people through the challenge that God has, you know, given you. It's really quite incredible and people could learn so much from you with whatever they're going through. So I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 